Hey, 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 we're better than that. And some people are saying, Gareth, and I love it. And I just... I'm going to win this name back, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Now, you got a lot of naysayers. I'm doing a town hall right now. Now, you got a lot of naysayers out there. It's Gareth. It's on my birth certificate. With my foot print. Or some shit. They do feet, right? Don't they do a little link of your foot? A little thingy-majiggy? You guys remember Dave, right? Dairy to some. Hi, I'm Dave. Um, I thought you were doing your own show there for a second. I just didn't. Mm, felt, I know. felt nice. Felt nice. I didn't know what was happening. Uh, we apologize for the late start. We had some technical difficulties. Dave had to eat pasta. I forgot to. Uh, so, I forgot to. Eat. He likes to carb up for the shows. Forgot to order food. Uh, we have a book coming out May 9th. It's called The United States of Absurdity. Uh, some people are saying it's the best book ever written. Some people are saying this book is unbelievable. Some people say you've never seen a book like this. And I love books. I use them all the time to throw at people. Who's, who is that? Who are you doing? Don't worry about it. We're going to build a book. We're going to build a huge book. You're listening to The Dollop. This is a bi-weekly American history podcast. Each week, I, writer, actor, comedian. This has to end. This really has to be the last time. Director. And this is real talk. Drinker I mean, of think libations. of how many shows we did this weekend. This has to end. Sky Traveler. <laughs> You're not in Star Wars, asshole. Firemaker. Remember what this was supposed to be? Steve from iTunes just said a little intro, just something to tell people what it's about. What is it now? Goblin. What? Why say that? Nemesis. Pasta machine. Pasta eater. Meatball eater. Okay. Same dish. Not Show delayer. Kinds. Okay. Mm-hmm. Friend to man and animal. Father, son. Eh. Should I come back? Just father. Okay. Uh, I'm a son to my mom. <sighs> Maybe they should age. talk more. <laughs> Dave Anthony. <sighs> I read a story from American history to my friend. Gareth Reynolds, who has no idea what the topic is going to be about. <sighs> also history researcher. <laughs> that deserves to be in there. Every other one doesn't. Oh, it's glasses time. I don't agree with that. Hey, ooh. Hello. Meow. <laughs> That's my Jose. March 31st, 1878. Are you just going from memory? Oh, okay. 
I just did. I didn't. You know, it's not city uh, specific. I'm, I just did Texas. So fucking deal with it. Okay. Good. Let's in, engage in that way. I did. I had two Dallas ones, but I had to do them before because I didn't have the last one done. It's a whole fucking thing. Look, I can't do seven dollops in, in ten days or whatever. It's. Uh, I almost killed myself. What a dollop that would be. It's not supportive. I'm talking ratings, baby. It sweeps. We saw this dude driving down the freeway today on a motorcycle like he was a Terminator. He's smoking a cigar. And he had a cigar that he was smoking in his mouth. We were like, that, he is Texas. What's your name? Don Texas. My name is Don Texas. I mean, just a cigar, just... Like it was nothing. We would have both... Had sex with him. We were both yeah. like, this man, yeah, I'm like, you this man take... is everything. I'll pull over, take me on the hood. Yeah, what do you want? You're... Our car, your bike, just cigar, handle it how you want to, like, sir. You're, you you're... are as real as real can be. You're the toppiest top I've ever seen. Uh, we, we wanted to go to a hardware store and buy chains to be like, wear these, wear these, put these on. You are a bounty hunter, no matter what you say. The best. Ah. <laughs> uh. Anyway, what no. year? <laughs> uh, 1878, the mm-hmm. year of our uh, Lord. Lord, yep. God bless him. Jack Johnson was born in Galveston, Texas. Okay. He was the third child of nine and the son of ex-slaves. Okay. So they got out of that. Yeah. Ra- they got out of that racket. Yeah, uh, smart. Yep. His father, Henry, worked as a janitor, and his mother, Tina, also known as Tiny, uh, worked as a dishwasher. Wait, also known as Tiny? Yeah, that was her nickname. Tiny. Hello. She was... She was uh, These dishes are big. Yeah. Oh, boy. She was just It's going to take all day. Just under 12 inches tall. I'm, I'm 11 and a half inches. His father served in the Union's 38th Colored Infantry during the war. He was five feet, five inches tall, and had an atrophied leg from a war wound. Had an atrophied... I always thought of atrophy as just like, you know, you just like, you yeah, let it, it sit too like long. A, uh, oh. it's for, my leg's asleep forever. Uh, I got the pins and needles. If you have... I uh, didn't move it once. If you have nerve damage, it, uh-huh. just, it just starts to kind of wither. Okay, Cool. The little, the little guy will just kind of I guess if you're going to be a janitor, it's kind of a must in a way. To have a withered leg? Some, well, something. you got to have some kind some of... Some eye patch, something. Yeah, something's got to be missing. In the, for, in the interview, they're like, what are you missing? Uh, I don't have a kneecap. Okay. Uh, perfect. That's yeah. fine. You'll, yeah, perfect. That works. Here's your mop. Jack later called his dad, quote, the most perfect physical specimen that he had ever seen. I say so, that about my dad. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That's a normal thing to say about your dad. Yes. My God. He's beautiful. Oh. I love my daddy. Woo! My dad, I don't mind saying it. I got a sexy dad. I like my dad bod. Hey, dad, why don't you take your shirt off? Just while we're watching TV here. Also, is it right to talk about how perfect someone's body is when they have a leg that won't work? Nope. He's perfect in every way. Well, there's one note. Okay. He does does walk in circles because... That area is very clean. It's the rest of the hallway we're worried about because the circle is amazing. Quite a circumference. It's just such a different color now from the rest of the floor. You know what I mean? 
Jack was said to have an air of confidence from a young age and a drive to exceed the harsh life his parents had lived. Okay. So he was like, I'm going to be better than a slave. Yeah. Life. Yeah. I'm going to top slave. I'm going to top the slave life that you lived. Yeah. So he had goals. He was bright, talkative, and energetic. Jack went to school for five years and then worked uh, with a milkman to help the family get by. He got 10 cents an hour and a new pair of red socks every Saturday. Okay, so... For some Who's reason, the union leader, Santa? For some reason, the milkman had a lot of socks. <laughs> red socks. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, the, you know, the wage isn't what I wanted, but the new sock thing, if you put that into it, it's about a ten and a half cents yeah. an hour. So... Ever since I found the old sock mine, I can pay the kids in socks. Red socks. Eventually, you're like, I don't, I don't need them this week. It's all I have. All I, I have just have socks. money'd be great. I like money a uh, lot, but I don't need red. I have. Hey, one. here's your red socks. Okay. All right. See you next Saturday. No, I don't think so. Yeah. <clears throat> Galveston was a secluded city, and segregation was not a huge issue like it was in the rest of the South. Pretty much everyone there was growing up poor, white, Latino, black, whatever. So that's, he hung that's nice out. Nice and fair. Yeah, everyone's poor. Yeah, that's nice. He hung out with a gang of white kids growing up and never felt excluded or different. Okay. Quote As I grew up, the white boys were my friends and pals. I ate with them, played with them, and slept at their homes. Their mothers gave me cookies, and I ate at their tables. No one ever taught me that white men were superior to me. Can you imagine a time when that's something you marvel at? Yeah, something you got to say. Wow. These guys are great. They didn't say they're better. And race meant nothing to this group. He was frail and not a brawler and managed to avoid fights. Okay. But when Jack was 12... He got into it with another kid. They argued. And the he kid, got into another kid? Yeah, they're arguing. They he got, got into, into it. it. He into got into it. it. He didn't yeah. get into another yeah, kid. Yeah, he didn't freeway motorcycle job anyone. He... Well, you don't know that. Listen to the rest of the fucking sentence. All right. He got into him. All right. Good Lord. You know the third rule of the gang, right? Oh, boy. <laughs> Here we go. So the other kid punched him in the jaw, and Jack was about to run away when he heard his grandmother say, quote, if you do not whip Willie, I shall whip you. So Jack Willie's did. the other kid. Yeah. Because it's playing into no, our earlier storyline. He's, no, he's talking about, she's talking about someone's dick. Okay, just to be clear. Okay. Yeah. So, go, so the grandma's like, if you don't beat the shit out of him, that's an issue. Yeah, she's like, I'll beat you up. So he, he beat the shit out of the other kid. Nice. That's good. And then, and then it changed his perspective. He was like, oh, oh, so you can do that. That's a thing you wow. can do is you can beat people up. That's cool. So he got a job uh, at the local docks, but he hated it. And he tried they to... They just don't have a good sock program. What do you mean? You guys don't pay... You guys don't have a sock? Huh? A sock day? A what? It's a job. Do I not get socks? I'm sorry? You are supposed to get socks on Saturday. You are not supposed to get socks on Saturday. It's a job. It's not. Okay, what color socks are they? None. It's a job, right? It's not a sock job. They're all sock jobs. What, what are you job talking is? about? Were you a milkman? Yeah. Oh, no. No. That's a pyramid scheme. <laughs> oh, you should have gotten more money. No. Later. Uh, so he tried to work at other places, but didn't like those either. He just didn't like working. 
Okay. Okay. He moved to Dallas, where he landed. Uh, that's where this is. Yeah, we're here. Hi. How are you? And he got an apprenticeship uh, for a carriage painter. Sure. Uh, with a guy named Walter Lewis, and Walter Lewis loved boxing. And soon, oh, Jack started sparring. Okay. When Jack was 16, he headed for Manhattan and ended up living with Joe Walcott, a welterweight fighter from the West Indies. Okay. Where all the great ones come from. Yes. Now they're known there. Jack got work exercising horses at a stable. Wait. Okay. Well, uh, you just walking them around? How's that work? You take them out for a trot. It is or trotting, right? You can, you can walk them around. Do you ride them? You can ride them. Is he riding them? Probably. Okay. But then he was fired for exhausting a horse. What? That's... <laughs> so he took that one hard. Like, that one, he was like, we're, do- we're doing this. It's tough. He may have that one doing, like, sit-ups and shit. <laughs> they shouldn't be on its back. Trust what about me. its abs? Trust me, this is going to be good. He's going to be ripped. He's dead. But ripped. Fair. You're not wrong. Next, he got a job working as a janitor at a boxing gym. Okay. Jack was able to buy his first pair of boxing gloves. You know, I know you don't have an eye patch or any sort of weird thing going on, but I got a good feeling about you. My dad has a bad leg. That'll do. He's got a good reference. Hopefully it's genetic. <laughs> You'll fit right in. He was able Basically to... do everything around the circle is what we're looking for. Jack was able to buy his first pair of boxing gloves and started sparring whenever he got the chance. Is that how that works? Yeah, it's like fake. Yeah, that's how it works. You mean at the gym? Yeah, at the gym. Not just, no, not like just street sparring. He's just not like walking around like, who wants up? Yeah. No onions. Come here, bitch. And then he returned to Galveston. Sorry, Dallas, that's it. Uh, you had your fucking run. Good run. Good, great run. Uh, and he came back a much bigger and stronger man. Uh, a local guy who was a bit of a badass accused Jack one day of turning him into the cops over a game of craps. Okay. So the two men decided to fight, and they met at the docks. Oh, what? So they were like, let's do it how Street Fighter does it. (laughs) I'm thinking Battleship in the background, the whole nine. (laughs) Jai, you can... A lot of you enjoyed that. A lot of you were like, I don't know what's happening. So a large crowd showed up. Of course. They have to. It's a movie. It's a fight. Yeah, it's the third act. The other guy was much larger and older. But that's how Street Fighter works. It's all about... Go ahead. Jack beat the shit out of him. Okay. And then this was the first time Jack thought that he could be a professional boxer. Okay. So Jack started boxing in back alleys and bar rooms, as most boxers did at the <laughs> is that, time. Is that, that is at the time That's how what it you went? did. Yeah, you, you got right. into an alley fight or a sure. bar fight. Sure. Uh, boxers at this time mostly existed in the sporting world of whores, pimps, hustlers, drugs, crime, and alcohol. The hot spots. Uh, it was difficult for any fighter to maintain his training regimen and his concentration with all that going on. Many succumbed to alcoholism and venereal disease. Well, those are related. Good Lord. It's hard to, it's hard to fight when you're... 
when you got the yeah, that's the best. Yeah, that yeah, is, that's Connor, a great Connery. advantage for your opponent. If you are fighting, if you can just block till the eighth round, he's going to itch himself out of this one. <laughs> and then if you hit a guy with syphilis, like his head just caves, his in. nose falls off. Uh, he's got eight. Get your nose on nine. Get your nose on. That's it. He's done. He's out. Uh, Jack was also in a battle royale. <laughs> they had pay-per-view? Now, that's not really a boxing match, but more like a fist fight between a bunch of guys in a ring, and the last guy left standing wins. <laughs> wow. wow. Well, can, no. can that come back? <sighs> that sounds pretty great. I'd probably watch that. Eight dudes in a ring, and just like the last one. Last fighter. Figure it out. Team up, do whatever. Let's get nuts. Uh, this is America, goddammit. I'm sure it'll come back. It will. Uh, we have no idea how he did in the Battle Royale. Battle Royales were usually just all black boxers who were trying to make a quick buck. Sometimes all the boxers would be blindfolded. Okay. Yeah. Yep. I mean, who doesn't have a question? Why... And how? And I mean, first of all, funny. Is that how you don't know who won? You're all blindfolded? Who's still know. up? Hello? I don't know. Marco? <laughs> Hello? Polo. Uh, there's one guy. He's being quiet. <laughs> there's no guys. Isn't he? <laughs> Eight hours later. Show yourself, you prick. I'm not an idiot. Hello? I'm almost going to take it off. But I'm not stupid. I don't want to lose on a disqualification. Come here, you bastard! Is there anyone here? Let's be honest. What is this? Uh, he Thank joined- you, sir. Yeah, thanks, thanks, fella. He joined a boxing summer league and fought against John Must Have It Lee. <laughs> well... Uh, <laughs> it's a good nickname. Must have it. You know what? The thing about me is I always gotta have it. We're actually out of the shrimp. Gotta have it. I must have it. Have you heard of me? I must have it, Lee. We gotta have it. Must we don't have, have it. it. Get the shrimp. I gotta have it. We don't have it. Hey, look at me. No. <laughs> I'm wearing a blindfold. So boxing was not legal in Texas. That is shocking news. <laughs> shocking. And the fight uh, with Must Have It Lee uh, was broken up. Okay. But it wasn't over. They just went down to the beach and continued the fight. They, dude, what is, how, who's writing this? Beach fight. Yeah, I mean, they really are just like, come on. Let's go down to the beach. It's the sequel. Uh, Jack won. His haul was $1. And 50 cents. Oh, awesome. Any socks? No socks. Jack then made his debut as a professional boxer on November 1st, 1898 in Galveston. Okay. He knocked out Charlie Brooks. On on an aircraft carrier. In the sky. Against guile. I'm cheeky. So, 
Jack would keep fighting and win some and lose some. He fought the same boxer. His name was Klondike. And, uh, what would you do for a win? <laughs> and he beat that guy. Uh, he lost to him and then tied him and then beat him. And on okay. uh, February 21st, 1901, he fought uh, Joe Choynitz- Choyniski, a popular and experienced heavyweight. He knocked out Jack in the third round. Both men were then arrested because boxing was illegal in Texas. Wow. <laughs> it's an awkward selly. Yeah. The sheriff had waited until the fight was over because he was a fan of boxing. Wow. There. So it is still Texas. It is. I was worried for a minute, but the sheriff's there. Not now. Wait until one of them's dead. None I got the- money on Zangief. That's it. I'm done. I'm right. done. I'm out. I'm done. I'm done. I'll stop. Neither man could afford bail, so the sheriff put them in the same cell and allowed... He, what? They were cellies? <laughs> so awkward. That is like the sitcom where you put the tape down the middle of the cell. That's your half. I got the toilet. Well, I got the bed. <laughs> Punching me, you prick. He let a local boxing club send both fighters gloves, and the two men started sparring in the prison yard. Large crowds would gather and watch the sessions. (laughs) Okay, so, okay. Well, yes, again, we're definitely... It's kind of like a Roadhouse movie now. It's definitely like a Roadhouse movie. The two boxers during that time became friends, but more importantly... What a weird bond. This is like unlikely animal friends. Is that an actual show? Yeah, it's a great show. They should hate each other, but behind the scenes, like, you're my best friend. Well, yeah, I got well, you half a necklace. They're, 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 Wear it. They're opponents. It connects to my heart half. Right? They're opponents, and then they get in a cell, and they're like, you know what? I actually got a lot of respect for you. I love the hell out of you. Let's fight and then fuck, because I don't have a woman in here. Well... I remember I called top. That, that had double meaning. I thought you meant punk. Oh, well, like I said, double meaning in here. So, let's do her. <laughs> I'm call you Gail. All right. <laughs> The only interaction we're allowing. That's it. Because it's a winner. Just that one thing. It's actually gay lift. So. <laughs> so the boxers became friends, uh, but more importantly, Jack. They learned something. Jack. <laughs> oh, go ahead. Yeah. Well, Jack learned how to box. Up until then, he couldn't find anyone who would teach him how to box. He was just. Okay. Figuring it out on his own. Okay. After 23 days, their bail was reduced to an amount they could afford, and then uh, a grand jury refused to indict either one of them. Okay. Now, Jack's style was uh, not to try to knock the other guy out, but to wear him down. Okay. This was not normal for the time. Mostly, they would just try to punch each other's heads off. Makes sense. That's he kind would, of the angle. He would dodge punches and move. Right. He made boxing look effortless. There are films of his fights in which Jack can be seen holding up an opponent 
waiting for the guy to recover so they could keep boxing. That's a bad technique. Yeah, but he, he's like, I, this is fine. I want to kill him. So the press hated his style. Wait, they, his matches were filmed? Yeah, there, there are some uh, uh, later on that got filmed. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, they thought it was cowardly, his style, but he was clearly a great boxer. The problem was no heavyweight champion wanted to fight a black opponent. <laughs> of course. Yeah, what? Right. Yeah. What? <laughs> really? Uh, it's like there was racism back uh, then. He's a little too good. He's a little too good. This was pretty new. Tom Cribb had defended his English title against Tom Molyneux, who we, just, we talked yeah. about another one. He was a, a black American fighter. In the 1880s, John Sullivan, a nativist know-nothing, was the first to draw a line and not fight black boxers. Wait, say that again? In, in the 1880s, yeah. John Sullivan was a nativist know-nothing, right? Uh-huh. Was the first boxing champion to draw a line and not fight black boxers. Okay, right, gotcha. So before then, they would fight him. But, right, then, but then one guy was like, nah. Yeah. Just whites. After he won the title, uh, he didn't box for three years, saying there were no worthy challengers to fight. <laughs> That's there, how you do it. Yeah. That's how you do it. There's nobody out you there. You win, win one time and then just be like, nah, there's nobody. Yeah. Hey, he's not good enough. I'd win. I don't want to do it. But there were, but they were all black. So he's like, nah, I don't see him. Nah. Blacks had once been more welcome to the sports, but the tide turned uh, when Jim Crow laws kicked in and a pushback began. The threat of black boxers was noted. In 1895, New York Sun newspaperman Charles Dana wrote, We are in the midst of a growing menace. The oh black man is rapidly forging to the front ranks in athletics, especially in the field of fisticuffs. Oh, my God. We are in the midst of a black rise against white supremacy. Oh, my God. What the fuck? How is the language? I mean, how was no one like, even your point, even if your point was right, your language. It's we're fighting white supremacy. The blacks want our white supremacy. Come on. Just put it in the paper. And everyone's like reading it. Oh, the Sunday Sunday news is interesting. Apparently, black people are trying to fight. Well, they shouldn't be allowed to do that. They'll take our rings. Yes. The best black boxer at the time was Peter Jackson. Not the... Uh, no. He's, uh, he doesn't look like he can fight, and he's black. Yeah, he's, he's changed a lot. Yeah. Yes. That's a lot. Uh, I've uh, always identified as a black boxer. <laughs> he's finally liberated. Jackson was called the Black Prince. He was the Australian heavyweight champ and a lot of reporters thought he was the one guy who could beat Sullivan. So Sullivan knew this and would always come up with a bunch of excuses or demands. And then he started saying, quote, fight a white man for 10000 black guy double that. But he still refused even when someone came up with double that. <laughs> uh, no. Next. Okay. Peter Jackson never got the title fight he deserved and died penniless ended up appearing in productions of Uncle Tom's Cabin to make ends meet. <laughs> I mean, that did not go well. Oh, God. That has to be the worst. You're like, mm-hmm, got Although, it. that would be cool if Tyson did that. <laughs> These are the pigeons. They're my only solace here. They keep me going all the time. Your voice is weird for, yeah. uh, for a big guy. 
Yeah, I'm tough, big, so what up? Spinal. What? Spinal. What? I broke my back. My back is broken. You ever seen that clip? No. <laughs> it's after a fight, Jim Gray's talking to him. And he's, Mike, I don't know, Mike, he's, Mike Tyson just won it. He's like, champ, after tonight, how did you do it? And he goes, yeah, my back is broken. And Jim Gray goes, huh? And he goes, what do you mean your back is broken? And he goes, yeah, spinal. And Jim Gray's like, okay. <laughs> Who's your doc? The heavyweight champions who came after Sullivan, James Corbett, Bob Fitzsimmons, and Jim Jeffries, not this, not this. The comedian no, and no, the director the of Lord of the it's Rings. Not. I mean, this is really quite an A-list. <laughs> They're great. Uh, they continued the don't fight black fighters rules Sullivan had started, even though a lot of them had fought black boxers on their way up to becoming champions. Right, yeah, that's but what Then happens. they got there and they're yeah. like, nope. Yeah. <laughs> In 1903, Jim Jeffries became the champ. And the media started pushing the idea of Jeffries fighting a black challenger. Okay. But they weren't pushing for Jack Johnson. They were pushing for the Oxnard Bull, Sam McVeigh. Let me at him! I'm just picturing. He's not as good. That was was the Oxnard Bull? Yeah. Okay. Is he tougher? I, I, would, I think so. I okay. think that you made him sound I'll like an 80-year-old 80, 80 man. Let's come back to it. He, yeah. I mean, he's like, get off my line! I, I actually, mentally, I switched from Street Fighter to Punch-Out. Sure. And so now a lot of them have taken on these sort of like weird things like, you just got to hit him into the belly and his pants fall down. <laughs> so Jeffrey's... went into his little bullshit excuse hat and pulled this one out. He said since McVeigh had previously lost to Jack Johnson, he couldn't be considered for a title shot. But Johnson was so much smaller than McVeigh that he didn't consider Johnson to be a heavyweight, so he couldn't fight him either. How do you do that? How do you... You Uh, see, I've made a great point. And next. Johnson and McVeigh then scheduled another bout. The papers were all about McVeigh getting the title shot after. The press didn't like Jack Johnson. He was a boring fighter, very much our modern-day Floyd Mayweather. (laughs) I took a little shot at that guy. He shit. (laughs) He shit, and I want to nap when I watch him. Oh, is Floyd Mayweather going to sleep? I'm going to sit down and take a nap while I pay $80 on TV. You mean his boxing style is shit? Because his off, his off no, he's field a great, life is he's a pretty... great boxer, but it's it's like, whoa, that's fun. Look, and I and I I, I obviously and we've talked about Nim the Chimp, but I saw Floyd May- May- Mayweather at the Grove with a little monkey once, and I was like, well, I mean, come on, we all want to be there. We all want to have a Look, little we all, monkey. We all do want to get to the point where we, we are hanging out with a monkey. I want, we all want a monkey in a blanket while we're eating. Just like, cool. In a blanket? Yeah, he had him in a little blanket. I walked by Latratoria. I was like, oh my God, that's the craziest thing I've ever seen. A lot of celebrities will be like, I don't want to be noticed when I'm outside. But Floyd, Floyd Mayweather's Mayweather. like, where's my monkey? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um... So they, the press loved boxers who tried to knock out opponents like McVeigh, and, and Jack was known for holding on and being a defensive artist. Right. Jack won the fight easily. The San Francisco Call wrote that the second fight with McVeigh was, quote, one of the poorest fights this city has ever seen. 
The article also called uh, Jack Johnson, quote, the colored heavyweight champion who was dying to fight Jeffries and probably would if he did. So they really don't like him. Oh, okay. I, was, I thought that was maybe his new, like, middle title. <laughs> Welcome to the ring! Red shorts! Reread what you read? The colored heavyweight champion who is dying to fight Jeffries and probably would if he did... Johnson! <laughs> Solid pickup. Still, Jack went on to beat opponent after opponent, and Jeffrey said he He's would... like the Spurs. Yeah. Yeah. He's just like people like, it's boring. Yeah. They win. Yeah, but it's boring. All right. Fuck you guys. I don't know what you want from me, okay? <laughs> that was good, Street Fighter. This is why we tell people not to talk. <laughs> Remember? <laughs> Jeffries then said he would fight Jack in a locked room for a winner-take-all side bet. For a new storage wars. <laughs> All right, I'll fight you in a dungeon. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. You know how we do it. We can't have a ring. It's either by the sea, on the beach, or in a dungeon. Pick your level. <laughs> Jack passed on the bullshit offer. Jeffries then retired from boxing just as Sullivan had, saying there were no challengers left. By that, he meant white ones, obviously. Right. So then two white guys fought for the vacant title. A Canadian named Tommy Burns won. And then he went on a world tour. Okay. He went to England, Paris, and Australia. Jack followed him everywhere he went and kept challenging him in each place. Wow. In-person trolling. Yeah. In-person trolling. <laughs> Finally, an Australian promoter offered Burns $30,000 to fight Jack, and Burns agreed. All right. Here we go. The fight happened in Sydney. Jack's signature move was to hold onto his opponent's biceps <laughs> and pin... I can understand why people were like, this is pretty boring. <laughs> you can't punch. You're punching yourself. Why are you hitting yourself? Huh? Why are you doing it? <laughs> so he would pin their arms, uh, their biceps, and then they'd, they'd be swinging, and that would be what he would do for rounds, just <laughs> waiting for the guy to tire himself out. Or just be like, I, this isn't boxing. I retire. I'm done. What happened? So that's what happened to Burns. And then in the later rounds, he was really tired, and Jack just started beating the shit out of him. Hey! Hey! So because a black fighter was beating up a white fighter, the police, ru police rushed in and stopped... Ah, this is illegal! This is illegal! No, 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 no. Come on now. We watched the first nine rounds, but no, nope, no, no, no. It's illegal now. It's now illegal. Now, now we just signed a, a law. Once the black guy starts hitting the white guy, it's not okay. Off, it's off. That's that's not boxing. So the fight was over. Uh, Jack was declared the winner. The New York Herald wrote, "Quote: It had not been a boxing match, but an Armenian massacre." <laughs> So they went, uh, they went really topical on that one. What are they? Uh, and uh, uh, a little, uh, a little callous, a little uh, slightly harsh uh, definition, um, kind of fucked up uh, to Armenians, I would say. Um, cool. <laughs> so the title was now Jack Johnson's. He is now the world had its first I don't fight white guys <laughs> oh my god no, I don't do it that's what he should have ah. done 
That's nah, what he should have done. Nah, yeah, they're not, yeah, they're not good enough. I'm going to go on a little tour. Well, the problem was he wouldn't fight black guys. So he... This is honestly like when you get elected president becoming the heavyweight champion. Yeah. Literally, whatever you said, you're just like, yeah, no, I don't do it anymore. I'm in charge, so... Well, he, 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 he was right in that... He, the white audience didn't want to see two black heavyweight champions fight each other. And the press was very vocal about that. Okay. I'm, look, I'm, obviously it's a pretty good time. <laughs> that was a, you know, it was a different time. Yeah. It, uh, you know, they just owned people a little while before. Yeah, that was well, everyone's like, oh, sorry, that's actually a thing that happened. Uh, no, we don't want to hear about that, Dave. Uh, there had been other black boxing champs uh, back in the past, little... Uh, George Little Chocolate Dixon. <laughs> Dave. Dave. I mean, I get... They David. Might've, they might have called David. him Little Choco. Dave. Maybe Little David. Cho- Little Choco. Dave. Dave. One more time. George Little Chocolate Dixon. Oh, my God. I mean, I guess he was small, huh? Yeah, and I mean, good lord, there's. (laughs) Call me Chocolate Little Dicks. Un. He was the bantamweight champ in 1890, but no one cared. Joe. His name is awful. Yeah. Joe Gans was lightweight champ champ, uh, in 1908, but no one cared. But being the heavyweight champ was a big deal. That was uh, the top of the boxing world. And now a black guy who was supposed to be inferior was the best fighter in the world. On top of that, Jack Johnson was a different kind of dude. He loved fast cars, and he loved easy women even more. He was a huge fan of prostitutes. Boy, all right, here we go. White prostitutes, and gambled almost all the money he won. He would buy furs and outfits uh, that... (laughs) White men thought black men should not own. I don't know what I don't know what that is. Well, but. no, that's just that was just a fun trend. Uh, you can't buy clothes. What are they doing? Those are ours. Excuse me, those are white man's clothes. Pardon me. Uh, the, who did? What white person did you take that fur from? But the worst crime he was committing in the eyes of the white man was the fact that he enjoyed and made sweet love to white women. Uh, that is. <laughs> <laughs> he returned from Australia with a white woman as, compa- as his companion and introduced her to reporters as his wife. But she wasn't. He's just <laughs> fucking with them. <laughs> he's just fucking with he them. He is a troll. Yeah, he's fucking great. That's great. He was also big on humiliating white fighters who previously had denied him a chance to box. <laughs> In right. the ring, he would gloat, invite white boxers to hit him, and talk shit with opposing boxers, uh, corner, and the spectators during the fights. <laughs> All right. This drove white people insane. Well, I've always found white people to be very tolerant. <laughs> I'm uh, a- astounded that they were not okay with this. Good Lord. <laughs> he also wasn't a big finisher and seemed to do just what he needed to do to win... Which drove a lot of boxing fans insane. Okay. He would often invite journalists to watch him bathe nude. What? I'm sorry, 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 sorry. Huh? What'd you say? Took a left turn. Huh? 
He would invite journalists to watch him bathe nude? And allow them to touch his muscled body. Well, okay, so who, who, who's the press? Who are they? Who's, who's the, who are the ones who are just like, absolutely. Oh, wow, you're very muscular. Look at that. Great dick. Now, let me ask you about your strategy earlier tonight. It's huge. Let me ask you about your strategy earlier tonight. Oh, it's getting bigger. Oh, yeah, it's unbelievable. Covered in bubbles. I love a good bath. Let me ask you about your strategy earlier tonight. No, very amazing. Unbelievable abs. Yeah, it's a, 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 a unbelievable cock. Hey. Now, earlier tonight, when you, you were you trying to tucker out your opponent? Excuse me, can I get in here? I'm from the New York Times. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I there was just go. wondering There if... we go. His training camps were open houses so he could just show off his skills. When he was fighting Al Kaufman in a heavyweight title defense uh, match, he put him in a clinch and then just sort of pushed him around the ring. So the guy's trying to fight and he's just kind of pushed him around the ring. And a spectator yelled at Jack, why wouldn't he fight? And Johnson pushed him over to the side of the ring and leaned... I wish people could all see what your pushing him over gesture is. It's just little mini right hops. Just... (laughs) And then he leaned over the ropes while still holding Kaufman and said to the spectator, why should I fight? I already have your $10. Uh. (laughs) This is wrestling's first villain. Uh, He's so great. So Jack was making a mockery of the great art of punching men in the face. <laughs> and people wanted him stopped. He also didn't give a shit about social rules of how blacks were supposed to behave, clearly. He was flashy. He wore ankle-length fur coats, bought expensive racing cars that were painted bright colors, wore tailor-made suits, had rubies, emeralds, diamonds, jewelry. Oh, this is great. Had a had all his teeth capped gold. Oh, yeah. Is that... Yeah. Our first grill? <laughs> I don't, it might. I Is mean, that the first time? I don't know how you could find that out, but man. I think we just found be. it out. I think we just found out. When talk of entering World War I started, Jack let it be known he didn't care. Quote, fight for America. Well, I should say not. What has America ever done for me or my race? In oh. England, I'm treated like a human being. <laughs> Everyone's like, well, that... Uh, a little I too mean, close to home, my friend. Uh, yeah. We're all getting over slavery. Thanks. <laughs> all right, it's been tough on all of us. <laughs> Lord. <laughs> you, would also... you know, sometimes I feel like black people think they had it the worst. <laughs> <laughs> they don't know how in love we fell with it. They really... Tough breakup. Those are the ones that stick with you. Uh, one that got away. <laughs> uh, at least there's prison in the prison industrial complex, right? We'll figure that out. True. He also uh, uh, decked his, the women he was with out in jewels, whether they be prostitutes or not. And then, and then when he moved on to another woman, he'd be like, give me the jewels back. I'm going to give them to the next one. But you said this was mine and that you cared. Yep, not now. (laughs) The most prominent black leader in the country, Booker T. Washington, also did not like Jack Johnson. Okay. He said the champ was misrepresenting the colored people of this country. 
And his preference for white women was seen as an, as an embarrassment to some blacks and something that would bring the wrath of whites down on the heads of every black person. But Jack did not care what blacks thought. Whites were a little more direct, like the governor of, North, uh, of Carolina, North Carolina, who called Jack, for Jack to be lynched. Quote, there is but one... There is but one punishment, and that must be a speedy when the Negro lays his hand upon the person of a white woman. Oh, my God. What? So he... And they haven't changed governors since, right? <laughs> Wait. Uh, isn't it crazy, the quotes that are on record? Yeah, a guy. Yeah, a, yeah, a guy I mean, was da- a black for guy a lynching for dating a white woman for touching a white woman, right? Touching, laying hand, and taking away her jewels that he gave her. <laughs> it was because of Jack that states began passing laws forbidding blacks and whites to marry or have sexual relations. Because wow. he was making them come. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? He was fucking. Dude, like, he's literally buying furs, taking press baths, and banging white chicks. Yeah. He's fucking That's living the life. That's probably going to bother the white people. Yeah. No. Nah. Well, they shouldn't be allowed to have baths. Showers only. God damn it, they took our baths. <laughs> so everyone started looking for the great white hope who could beat the black champion. Oh, my God. It's Drago, isn't it? <laughs> I must break you. White boxer after white boxer came forward, and white boxer after white boxer were easily beaten by Jack Johnson. <laughs> so good. Pretty much any white guy who could put on gloves was given a chance. Okay, I'm just a caterer. Oh, boy. He Get seems awful there. big. Get in there. Uh, I don't know. I never had no training. How can I get a size shoe that fits? Oh, boy. Oh, I'm in another one of my over-my-head situations. Whoa. Hold my glasses. Oh, gosh. Oh, I got to write a letter to my mom before we fight. My doctor's going to be upset. I've got nasal issues. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. He's very big. He's very big. And that was the night Horshack beat <laughs> oh, Jack Johnson. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Even middleweight Stanley Ketches gave it a shot. Who, what's his name? Stanley Ketches, but he's a middleweight, so he's a lot smaller. Okay. It turned into a great example of how Jack loved to humiliate white fighters. Quote, Johnson towered over his opponent, picking off his punches, smiling, and chatting with ringsiders. <laughs> Do you come here a lot, though? <laughs> we should meet up. I can get you some rubies later. <laughs> Give me five minutes, and then we'll get out of here, okay? <laughs> this guy's adorable. <laughs> Cutie pie. He'd land just often and just hard enough to cause Ketchel's mouse, mouth and nose to bleed, but to do no more serious damage. Several times, Johnson simply lifted the smaller man into the air... <laughs> He's my nephew! Isn't he cute? Put me down, put me down! Ah, 
smile, you stinker. Uh, I like to think that that's his laugh. <laughs> he pick him, he pick him up into the air, feet dangling like an oversized doll. Hey, come on! No, I dropped my pills. And no, my allergies. And then Johnson would put him down wherever he liked. The parking lot. Oh, this was a bad idea. One ringsider called it a struggle between a demon and a gritty little dwarf. And the boxer Peter Jackson was like, hmm. <laughs> the fight ended with four of Ketchell's teeth knocked out. A couple were embedded in Jack's glove. <laughs> hey, we're both hurt. Man, your teeth are in my hand. The angry white crowd went very, very silent. <laughs> he, huh, pots of him are in his glove. <laughs> it was looking pretty hopeless for any white fighter. So people started looking to retired Jim Jeffries as the only hope to beat Jack Johnson. Okay. Jeffries was huge and a brutal puncher. He was now working on a farm he bought, but the calls for him to take care of the black champion grew louder and louder. Even John Sullivan, who used to say Jeffries would only fight patsies, was calling on Jeffries to fight. Hey. Good to see you again. <laughs> so, uh... Yo, what's up? Yeah. Sorry about us saying you only put my pets in. Yeah, I'm sorry. What? Yeah. Yeah, that wasn't. Uh... Beat the black man. Okay. <laughs> it seemed like that was really in you a lot. There. We must unite over our hatred for anything that's not our skin color. Okay? So we have in common. It makes sense. Yeah. It's not okay. I, yeah. He banged a white woman. What? Oh, and he banged. Did he make her come? He takes baths. Oh, she came. Oh, she. Oh, from what I've heard, he's fantastic. <laughs> what he does is he waits huh? eight rounds and tires them out. Huh? And then, <laughs> then he starts hitting it. <laughs> My biceps hurt. Just wait, baby. Novelist Jack London, he's one of my favorite writers. <laughs> yeah, what's this he writing about fucking, this? <laughs> Novelist Jack London wrote, quote, But one thing remains. Jeffries must emerge from his alfalfa farm and wipe that smile from Johnson's face. Oh, my God. Yeah, one of my favorite writers is a fucking racist I piece mean, of shit. I mean, I think it's pretty clear. Call of the white. <laughs> so Jeffries agreed. The $100,000 purse helped. Wow. Yeah. His former rival... Think ja of all the hay I can buy. <laughs> His former rival, James Corbett, who also wanted a white champion, helped train him. John Sullivan got wrestling champions to come help Jeffries learn how to deal with Jack's holding technique. Okay. 
Meanwhile, you got to smash a chair on the back of his. What is the deal? Oh, we can't. Oh, uh, uh, do you validate? How does this work? I don't know. Tag out. Jim comes in with a garbage can lid. All right. We distract the ref with a small fire on the side. At the same time uh, Jeffries was doing all this training, Jack was touring the country in vaudeville shows. <laughs> I, I want to know, and then I'm also like, I don't know if I want to know. Yeah, he was just going out and telling jokes. And hey, shit. how's everyone doing tonight? You know the thing about white women that I love? <laughs> Banging them. That's my time. Thanks, everybody. A lot of people say my comedy's not relatable, but do you know when a reporter's bathing your dick in... Now, he may have just been doing vaudeville shows instead of training because Jeffries was the exact type of boxer Jack could easily beat. Anyone who was super aggressive played right into Jack's hands. Not a good setup right here, though. We're in, like, the, this is the second act of the movie. Yeah. I don't need it. I don't need to train. I got this. I'm talented. While the other guy's like, for all white people, you must run up this mountain. Uh, 80s ballad, 80s ballad. Plus, Jeffries had been retired for six years. Okay. So on July 4th, 1910, in the middle of the Nevada desert. (laughs) I mean, yeah. Go ahead. It's just literally everyone is just thin and sane. Inside a volcano. (laughs) On Mars. A Miami freeway. Being near Reno is like being inside a volcano. <laughs> if there's one place we can make fun of, it's Reno. They can't hear this. They don't have Wi-Fi. <laughs> um, so about 20,000 people gathered to watch the fight. Jesus. Everyone had to check their firearms to enter the venue. Oh, what? I was going to shoot the black guy if he won. Yeah, that's why we're doing this, sir. Oh, fuck. And you shouldn't say that. Everybody's saying it. I'm aware. That's why we're doing this. So put it here. All of them. Come on. I have nine. I'm aware. And the one from your wrist. Ah. And the ankle. Down your pants. Come on. Under your tongue. Fuck. And the one that's in your butt. I had. That one comes out. On that sort of a timed fashion. Keep it. Okay. They also weren't allowed to drink alcohol. <laughs> Such a smart policy yes. for that. That that I like. I, I like when you go to a baseball game, being able to drink nine innings as much as the next person. But the turn at the seventh inning seventh with people. Inning. Yeah. Or like the fourth quarter of a football game. You're like, remember that guy who was really nice before? He's like, fuck your Facebook. You're like, what's uh, going on? He's like, I, I, try to do it. I can't tag you. <laughs> Fucking prick. All around the country, people sat outside news offices waiting for telegraphs reporting about the match. <laughs> What a time. Yeah. My notifications. <laughs> refresh, 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 refresh. Jim Jeffries refused to shake Jack's hand at the start of the fight. Always cool when you see that. Yep. You're like, you're going to get your ass kicked. 
hopefully. The fight started, and it was pretty obvious Jeffries was too slow and no match for Jack's defense. <laughs> During the fight, Jack's old hero, Jim Corbett, who was in Jeffries' corner, became frustrated and started screaming racial insults at Jack. Oh, I'm sure he was delicate. This probably didn't help Jeffries. Oh, God. That's the best. Jack completely obliterated Jeffries. <laughs> in the 15th... you imagine him knowing that in the future we're going to be doing a podcast and he's still getting, apl- I mean, he's getting applause from white from people? From white people. I mean, there's probably three black people here. Yeah. I don't know why uh, it's a... You'd think that uh, more black people would enjoy our... But this is sort of Klan rally-ish. No offense. No offense. But uh, maybe let's get the word out uh, that we are... Uh, yeah. <laughs> May 9th, the book comes out, and... <laughs> uh, so, um... In the 15th round, he knocked Jeffries out. Jack Johnson, a black man, had won what was called the fight of the century. And people went bug fuck crazy. (laughs) Race riots erupted across the country. Oh, boy. (laughs) Mobs went crazy. A black man was shot in Arkansas. Two black men were killed in Louisiana. For the win. Yeah. Wow. Someone's got to pay. Uh. Another in Mounds, Illinois, in Round Eye, Virginia. Round Eye, Virginia. Really? Seriously. Honest really? to God. Virginia, can you fucking reel it back well, for a second? Well, not slant I was taken, so we thought <laughs> we'd be more specific. A Houston newspaper reported, quote, Charles Williams, a Negro fight enthusiast, had his throat slashed from ear to ear on a streetcar by a white man having announced too vociferously of his appreciation of Jack Johnson's victory in Reno. A Manhattan, in Manhattan, a mob set fire to a black tenement and then blocked the doorway to stop people from escaping. In St. Louis, a black crowd marched through the streets pushing whites off the sidewalk and harassing them. That's Finally. okay. That's, That's all right. a good one. That's fine. That's fine. I'm down with that one. But then they were finally clubbed by police and they all ran away. That was bound to happen. In Washington, D.C., two white men were fatally stabbed by black men during a riot. 236 people were arrested in Washington, D.C. Jesus. In Omaha, a black man was smothered to death while he sat in a barber's chair. Wait, what? That's like a hit. How do you even... What do you... Conv- what? In Wheeling, I don't need the shampoo. I don't need the shampoo that bad. I don't need the... <laughs> this is for Jim Jeffries, not the boxer, the comic. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh, in Wheeling, West Virginia, a black man was driving an expensive car, so he was attacked by a mob, dragged out of the car, and lynched. Oh, my God. Yeah, well, a black guy won a fight. But... In America... She's a great country. That one bums me out. Yeah. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. That that bums you out when a bunch of people just die because they're walking around being people? In all, there were riots in 25 states and 50 cities. I told you white people went bug fuck. (laughs) At least 25 people were killed, but the total is probably much more. 
Hundreds were injured. Several white men were... How can we not get death counts close to accurate? Well, I think back then, you kill a yeah, guy... Because you, yeah, exactly. Right. And then the coroner's like, no one died here, hey, right? Uh, Come on, give me a high five. Hey, uh, he uh, actually took a vacation for a while. It's the coroner. Hey, he'll be back uh, next century. Hey, it's the coroner. What? Yeah, yeah. Don't worry about it, huh? Hey, he's in the fucking fridge. Maybe he is, maybe he ain't. Maybe I threw the leftovers out. I don't know. He's uh, the coroner. Where's this corner from, yeah, Seattle? He's day. Hey, don't worry about it. Let's just say he used to live somewhere on the East Coast, uh, relocated because of the court. Hey, he's the coroner. <laughs> just say I got to check it past. I don't want to talk about it. Hmm? You know what I mean? The coroner. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Dave, you're not allowed to undercut those. Um, hundreds of people were injured. Several white men were recorded to have committed suicide. What? That is crazy. That but is to, crazy. Okay, but hold on. Think of how racist you are. Think <laughs> of the height. Think of the height of your racism. Think of your own life. I can't live in a goddamn world. We're a black no! No! <laughs> Fuck! I'm done! I'm done! I can't! God damn it! Are you sure the telegraph's right? Yes! Fuck! <laughs> I'm gonna go to the bedroom for a little while. <sighs> you, you might do? hear some loud noises. <laughs> Just be processing. <laughs> so we've talked about. He's full black. He's a full yeah, black. Yeah, he's a black guy. He's all black. Guy. Is his dad white? All, Is his dad black. maybe a ex, little white? Ex-slaves. He's an ex. What? <laughs> ex-slave parents. Don't so. take me. Huh? <laughs> you know what? Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> But I, so I, I had the same reaction. I was quieter when what I read it. What was the wife like? But I think to some of these guys, because remember, the, the scientists are telling you that you're superior, and doctors are, and everybody is. So some of these guys, it's like waking up and finding out the earth is flat. And they literally lost their fucking minds. They were like, this can't be. Like, it was everything they based their whole I mean, fucking yeah, racist look, life on. we don't on. need them. No, goodbye. Those are not people we need sticking around. But still, the idea at, that you oh, are it's that fucking, offended. Quote, one suicide note. Life isn't worth living now that Jeff has lost. <laughs> I agree. I agree. If that's how you feel, I totally agree. I'm totally down with what you've done. Bye bye. What? I mean, well, now, must, that person must have had a life. Must have been something else going on. Yeah, but on. it seems like it might have just been based on him being better than black guys. Ugh. So there was also a film of the fight, but it was immediately censored. Shocking. Teddy Roosevelt agreed with this decision. Bully! Quote, the last contest provoked a very unfortunate display of race antagonism 
And it would be an admirable thing if some method could be devised to stop the exhibition of the moving pictures taken. True, yeah. Yeah. Winning is condescending if you're black. Coverage of Johnson in the papers moved from that of being a boxer to that of being a celebrity playboy. (laughs) Yeah, well, look, he's having reporters come over when he bathes. (laughs) He's the beyond in Bed Bath & Beyond. He's like, get over here. You want to know what it means? Yeah. All right. So just as we get our fix of celebrity gossip uh, today, Johnson's life and habits were printed for the world to see every single day. But it wasn't all horrible. Around the country, after the fight, blacks celebrated. They held spontaneous parades and gatherings and prayer meetings. The reaction of black America inspired black poet William Waring Cooney to write a poem about the fight titled, My Lord, What a Morning. (laughs) (laughs) Well, now we got to kill that guy. (laughs) Jack, Jack Johnson... For the fight, won $65,000, which would be $1.7 million today. So, so many rubies to take back. (laughs) Jeffries said, even in his prime, he could not have beaten Jack. And John Sullivan said, Jack won deservedly, fairly, and convincingly. Following the bout, the great Jeffries was forced to admit Johnson's skill uh, conceded even him in his prime, and he could never have touched Johnson. And then the news coverage of uh, Jack turns into uh, all being all about his life habits, and they're printed, right? So in, on, in January uh, 1911, Jack married Etta Terry Dervey, a white Brooklyn socialite. <laughs> They'd been seeing each other for a while. Um, they've had a rough relationship up to this point. When they went to Philadelphia uh, on a trip, Jack brought his two favorite prostitutes with him. So what was his wife's deal? She was like, uncool with that? She's like, that that seems weird. What are they for? They're fine, baby. You know what they're for. So uh, Etta was not into that. And they all stayed in separate hotels. That's playing into his plan. Yeah. You should be like, I want them in this room. Couch. Yeah, but then he just fuck him in front of me. Well, her. then you're like, get other rooms. Obviously, get other rooms. I didn't know you were going to fuck in front of me. So that was, George, that was actually Jack's normal procedure, because he would often travel with more than one woman. He'd have one stay in each hotel. Okay. But he stayed with Etta most of the time, and he just went to the other two when he, when he wanted to fuck. <laughs> okay. So this was how life went for Etta, and uh, it was apparently not a life that she really wanted. She wasn't into that. That's Not so much. On September 14th, 1912, she shot herself... On the upper floor of a Chicago nightclub that Jack owned. Oh, well, that's very specific to him. Jesus. Newspapers insisted... Did she find out that he'd beat a white man? (laughs) Why didn't you tell me? I don't follow sports. Prostitutes I'm fine with. Why do I talk like this? I'm a Muppet. I'm dying. So, newspapers insisted Etta killed herself because she was often left alone by Jack 
when he was out philandering. Uh. One newspaper reported that her last words were, quote, God have pity on a lonely woman. There's no way for them to know what her last words were. (laughs) There's no way. No one was there. She just shot herself in a... Okay. Well, we talked to the shotgun, and um, (laughs) it remembers it very clearly. That's what I want my last words to be. Yeah. Oh, that's it? God have pity on a lonely woman? Yep. Okay. Let's puzzle everyone. Wait, yeah. what? What's hey, wake him up. On? Is he what happened? What the fuck was he talking about? Hey, what do you mean? What do you mean? I mean, it's your last words. You get a really great way to go out. Yeah. You could just be like, that's what a hamburger's all about. <laughs> Wait, what? What are you what is he saying? You guys, that's copyrighted. What does he he could have said that. What that's does he want? Wake him up. That's copywritten. Yeah. Um another paper said Jack's brother, who was working the bar downstairs at the time started a sing-along when he heard about her suicide. Aww. So they were, they were out to fuck yeah. him up a little bit. Yeah, okay, cool. Just a few weeks later, Jack was seen with an 18-year-old white woman named Lucille Cameron. Okay. She worked at a cafe that Jack owned, and okay. the newspapers went crazy with the story, saying Jack had seduced a naive teenager and stolen her away from her parents. White woman ruined by black! The no! Rea- the reality was quite different. She had actually been a prostitute that Jack had met, and he liked her, so he got her out of the life and gave her a job at his cafe. I'm shocked the press didn't cover it like that. The government had known about Lucille long before the press or the public, and authorities were already putting together a case against Jack under the Man Act. What is the Man Act? Well, the Mann Act made it a crime to transport women across state lines, quote, for the purpose of prostitution or debauchery or for any other immoral purpose. It was basically a law created to stop sex trafficking, but it was now being used to take down a black man who was a champion who had sex with white women. That that is really part of the problem is a lot, like with a lot of the stuff that seemed like it it has been going in the right direction. It's just like, it's the relentlessness. Like, it never ends. It's like we were talking earlier about, like, you know, when, like, Monsanto will take over a, a farmer's... F- it's just like they don't stop. That's part of the problem. Like, it never ends. They're just like, yeah. we will keep fighting you until you say fucking uncle. We will grab your biceps in the ring till you tire out and we knock the shit out of you. Well, and then a white yeah. guy kills himself on a roof and says that you don't want to die alone. They keep going. Jersey forever. Yeah. Like that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Quote, to corroborate... Well, I found out a black man won. That's it for my life. Farewell, world. So, uh, so one of the prostitutes he brought to um, Philadelphia was named uh, Bell. Bell? Bell. Okay. Um, oh, wait, let me do this first. So first they arrested Lucille, right? Okay. They charged her with keeping the cafe open beyond legal hours. Oh, what, what is... What? You didn't turn the clothes sign around, so... Putting you away. Nine years. Yeah, nine, how long did she get? Nine years. Wow. No, she didn't. Oh. They just arrested You're her. You're serving five to nine. They were just trying to scare her to make her uh, rat on Jack. Sure. And uh, soon they did indeed turn her into a witness on a case of, quote, white slavery. What? 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 
Uh, That's it, jumbo shrimp. It that happens. That is not, they don't, that is. No, it happens. Uh, have you heard of white, white genocide? Slavery. Are you on Twitter? Uh, oh, my God. Yeah, no, we're fucked up. Jack, uh, Jack was then arrested under the Mann Act. And on December 4th, uh, 1912, three months after Etta died, Jack married Lucille. The white public went apeshit again. Shocker. Her mother also swore formally that her daughter was insane. Jack, however, could now not be prosecuted by the government because Lucille could not testify against her husband. It's called the prosecution law. (laughs) After Jack married Cameron, uh, Lucille Cameron, two ministers in the South called for him to be lynched. Because they're, it's just minister stuff. Min- I mean, truly ministers. Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, it's weird that a uh, minister yeah. would be... Yeah, it's uh, weird that they perpetuate bullshit. G- glad they stopped. Yeah, they're done. They're done. Uh, good, they're done. glad that's over. Fun run, though. Yeah, they're done. Uh, Southern newspapers... Too liberal? <laughs> Su- Southern newspapers called to show Johnson, quote... Southern hospitality. Mm, I feel like he doesn't want to do that. We got a bath for you. White America screamed for the government to find something on Jack. Come on! Get up! Please! They did. Too many white people have lost their lives over frustration by race. (laughs) We're the victims! So... They, uh... Wait, where was I? Oh, thank God. I thought you were about to hit me with something bad. No. Oh, it's all bad. It is all bad. Um, uh, Okay, here we go. What are you, on a website? What's going on? It moved. I hit it with my thumb, and it it scrolled. What did, the iPad? No, the thing on the iPad, uh, the document, it scrolled. So, um... One of the prostitutes he frequented, one who he brought to Philadelphia on that trip, named Belle Schreiber... Less than a month after the case with Lucille fell apart, Jack was arrested again for violating the Mann Act because Bell Schreiber had turned. Um, yeah. Quote, To corroborate and amplify Bell's version of events, federal agents quietly fanned out across the country, interviewing prostitutes, chauffeurs, waiters, bellhops, Pullman porters, ex... Wait, it's like he's the number one. It's like yeah, he's fucking yeah. Osama it's like, bin Laden. Yeah, Osama bin Laden moved into the country. Oh, I'm getting an apartment. This will be nice. Well, gentlemen, a black man has been fucking white women. Well, out. drop everything. We're not ridiculous. <laughs> uh, they talked to ex-managers, former sparring partners, looking for something, anything that could be used to bolster their case that the champion had broken the federal law. This time, he was successfully prosecuted and convicted of, oddly, by an all-white jury. Oh. uh, Of what? Being black. We finally found something. You're black. That's an issue. He was convicted of the Mann Act. Oh, that's what he got convicted of. Remember, he took that prostitute to Philadelphia from New York. No, no. Yeah, he's he's transporting prostitutes. The problem with the conviction was that the Mann Act had not been passed yet when he... How does that work? How do you do that? 
Yeah, it's a total illegal. Like, it should have been thrown out. There's nothing that it's totally insane. He was well, given, I'm shocked. He was given the maximum, which was a year and a day in prison. A year and a day. Yeah. Not a year. Tacking one day off. You're buddy. getting either a year and a day or a leap year. So <laughs> that's how we play it. Jack then jumped bail and fled to France, posing as a member of a black baseball team. <laughs> ah, great sentence. No, I'm with these guys. Uh, yes, he is a Zeman pitcher. <laughs> yes. He has unbelievable skill. Uh, can toss you out from outfield to home base. He's just unreal. He's one of us, yes. That's right. So. He lived in France until 1920 and defended his title three times. But he wasn't the attraction he used to be, and he was getting older and out of shape. He went and lived in uh, South America... And he lived in uh, Mexico. And then in 1915, he went to Cuba to fight a white boxer from Kansas, Jess Willard. Jess Willard knocked out Jack in the 26th round. A what, black... I, uh, what, what, when did they change round logic? When people started dying all okay, the time. Okay, right, yeah. I mean, after, like, CTE. But at some point, like, for, at one point, they were like, till it's done. And then <laughs> someone was like, what if the three people have to make a decision? But until then, they were like, well, till one dies. Then we're good. Yeah. 49 um, rounder. You guys still got it in you? Yeah. I can't see, but let's do this shit. Let's do it. Um, Jack, some said he threw the fight. Um, Jack said that he was promised uh, that he would be allowed to come back to the U.S. and not serve time in prison, and that's why oh, he did well, it. Well, I'm sure that's on the up and up, so let's get past that point. Because, and, you know... Huh? Je- Jess Willard, the guy who won, was like a fucking can of hams. Like, he was not, he should have never beat him. What does a can of hams mean? That's a can of hams. Uh, well, uh, what does, what does that it mean? mean? He was a can of hams? Yeah. He had juice around him? Yeah. He had a sort of 1980s beer opening system where That's you. There it is. Look at that triangle of ham. That's what I'm talking about. Okay, so he was a. A can, can of, of hams. hams. All right, good. Well, thanks for clarity. I meant exactly what I said. Absolutely, as you should. He was a can of hams. That's right. Look, if you don't know cliches, I can't. Hey, look, look. I, I love a cliche as much as the next man. I'm, right now, I'm using classic Texas cliches. Dude, he's a, can, he's a can of hams. He's a bag of Fritos with chili in it. Yeah. Can of hams. Hey, I write the story. I'm a can of hams. <laughs> Jack continued dating white women and married another one. Okay. After five years. Is he years- stockpiling at this point? What's his number at? I feel like. I don't know, but I think there's one black guy, and every time Jack marries a white woman, he yells, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's my favorite part of the show. After five years, he returned to the U.S. in 1920 and turned himself in. He served eight months in Leavenworth Prison. And one day. (laughs) I'm that asshole from earlier. When he was released, he was met at the prison gates by a marching band and a horde of his friends. Uh, uh, Is there a better way to leave jail? No. There should always be a marching band. And by the the way, I've left jail. 
Yeah. And it's, it's not, pretty depressing. But You're like, bunch, where's the Uber? Oh, shit. And then you turn around. <laughs> welcome out, welcome out, welcome out. We're doing magic confetti. <laughs> but Jack was now on hard times. He was, t- he was out of money. He was what's, telling- his a- what's his age at this point? He's like what? He's... 50? 60s. 60s, okay. So uh, he, out of money, starts telling stories of his life in dime museums for money and would give reporters predictions on upcoming... That's milkman money. Yeah. Sock policy? So- no socks. No socks. How many socks a week? There's no socks. A year? No. What's it's my not, sock bonus? It's not a sock situation. All right. So let's say that I forego the first two months of socks. Okay. How There's does it no, work after that sock-wise? There are no socks at all. And obviously they're all red, or are they different colors? Uh, you, get a so- you get a sock. I don't want any white ones. <laughs> well, you would probably put your dick in them. Haynes Herway. Uh, I he w- think he's fucking the socks, and so we gotta stop. <laughs> no more white socks for him. He would also give reporters predictions on upcoming fights in exchange for a meal. <laughs> that is the worst. He had to keep fighting until. But I wanna get to that point. Yeah. He had to keep fighting until he was over 60 to make money. Ugh. He would also take part in what were known as seller fights. Summer uh, fights? Seller. Seller fights. Unadvertised fights for private audiences. He degraded burlesque rooms that called for him, a well-spoken black man, to tell jokes in exaggerated, ridiculous, so-called black dialect. So now he's this... He's, this, he's essentially... Yeah. If you want to compare him to someone, he's like the Muhammad Ali of his time. He's super smart. He is a great fighter, and he's living life the way he thinks it should be lived as opposed to the way society wants him to. Yeah. So now they've broken him completely. That was a weird time to laugh. (laughs) 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 He started drinking heavily. He impersonated himself in... No, no, no. Sellers. Stop, let me stop you right there. Who? Who? What? That's what they called it. He impersonated himself in a seller's sideshow off Times Square called Hubert's Museum and Flea Circus. You were too big. You're too big. Quote, to see Johnson in person, visitors had to pay a quarter. Yellowing newspaper clippings from Johnson's career were taped to a booth in which a bored hawker sat making change without looking up. Visitors pushed through a little turnstile, made their way down a flight of stairs, and took their seats in the dank, dimly lit cellar. One jury act followed another, a sword swallower, a trick dog, a half man, half woman. And then Johnson stepped smoothly on stage wearing a blue beret, a blue tie, and a worn but sharply cut suit. I'm a French baseball player. I'm a pitcher, not a catcher. He held a glass of red wine with a straw in it. That is... I don't care what anyone thinks, that is badass. Wine through a straw? He then would smile and ask... Uh, he cannot drink white wine. Red he only. S- 
Burgundy. <laughs> he, <laughs> he fucks the white wine and is <laughs> not okay with us. Huh? We let him in the cellar and uh, he smooth talks a Chardonnay. And, uh, you know what they say, once you go Burgundy. <laughs> So he'd basically just stand there and take questions from people. Okay. It was a grim life. He was a man who had been punished for being himself. Jack did not care what whites thought of him, and this upset whites the most. (laughs) Jack had always been in love with cars, and that never stopped. He loved to drive fast. He had previously rolled cars five times, but the last time, he did not survive. Wow. I mean, rolling five times. Yeah. He lost control of his car in Raleigh, North Carolina, and died on June 10th, 1946. The next black man to hold the belt was Joe Lewis in 1937, 22 years later. When he was on his way up, before Jack died, Jack offered to help Joe and give advice, work in his corner, and help him out. Joe's manager was not down. Lewis said, quote, my manager cursed Johnson out. He told him how he'd held up progress of the Negro people for years with his attitude, how he was a low-down, no-good, I'm not going to say it in front of people, and told him he wasn't welcome in my camp anymore. To get back at him, Jack bet heavily on Max, Max Smelling to beat Lewis in their first fight, and after Smelling won, Jack bragged so openly of winning the bet that he had to be rescued by cops from an angry mob of blacks beating him up. <laughs> Were they blindfolded? Because that's just called a battle royale, Dave. Because of Jack's life and what he had done, Joe Lewis had a list of do's and don'ts, including everything from smiling at white women or what to do after knocking on an opponent opponent to publicly eating watermelon. Though he was repeatedly asked by many, many people, both Republicans, Democrats... And just human beings, President Barack Obama refused to pardon Jack Johnson post... Yeah. Yeah. Fun end. Yeah, fun end. Sorry, he didn't do it, and he should have. You guys can all write Obama and go, what's the deal with Jack Johnson? I don't want to talk to you about the 400 grand. What's up with Jack Johnson? Yeah, no. Ah, Jesus Christ. Well, really is it, America, you know, we break black people. But, but also, like, one of the things that was so crazy about when Muhammad Ali died was that it was like... Wait, he's dead? He's gone. But is when the people at the time who got so upset when he changed his name to Muhammad Ali yeah. finally came out and were like, I was wrong. He, he could do what he want. It's like, we, you know... Now. Now that he's now, dead. Now. And it's now. And that it really is... Like, what I mean, like, the problem is that we have such, like, we can only look, like, with racism, it feels like it's just such a look back over a constant evaluation. So, there are guys in the NFL who have killed people and who have beat their wives and have done all kinds of shit, but the guy who can't get a job is the black guy who kneeled during the national anthem. It's the same shit. It's the same fucking thing. If you're that upset about that, then why do you have murderers playing there well, and fucking wife beaters? I, Come on. You know, 
That's fucking it, straight it, up racism. It, it's true, but I like okay, but think of Tim Tebow. Like Tim Tebow is a guy who his religious nature is a he's a, I mean oh is he not, religious? He, well he and he uh, I mean. You know, I, think, I just thought he was a good and ball player. The truth player. is, he, Colin Kaepernick is a much better quarterback. I saw him run up the Packers' ass live in the uh, literally NFC Championship game. Comes out their but, mouth, but, touchdown. But, but but what I'm say, what my point is is that Tim Tebow, he you know he got a lot of shit, and I'm not a Tim Tebow supporter, uh, or you know whatever fan. I mean, you know, go do your shit, play baseball, play every fucking sport, Tebow, have fun. But <laughs> but. It's again. It's it's the idea that like you know people are like oh we can't have him because he's religious. How can you not have? And this is obviously race, but you should be allowed to have your personal fucking beliefs in anything you do. But Tim Tebow is different because Tim Tebow is Tim Tebow. He was sucks. A, he's obviously he terrible. A, if he was, a he bla- can only throw a dart ten yards. Right, he's but not he, good. It, if Tim Tebow was a black guy, no one would give a shit. Because he's the great white hope, all yeah. the fucking white Christians love him, and he gets Agreed. to play for every sport. That agree with next that. Next, he's going to be like, I'm going to do golf. Yeah. Like, it's fucking crazy. I agree with that. I totally agree. But I do love Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why I brought you guys here. Do you all drink your Kool-Aid? There's some in the back, and if you've had some and you're feeling lightheaded, lie down. And if you haven't, go get a big cup of it in the back. We're going to have some fun. (laughs) We're going to meet God. Okay. (laughs) Um, I think we solved... uh, We solved 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 race tonight. We solved racism tonight. Guys, thank you so much for coming out. We really... Really, really appreciate the shit out of it. And, um, you know, it's awesome. So thank you for coming out. Uh, We actually have uh, posters we're going to sell. We'll be back there in like 10 minutes, somewhere around that area, right? Five, five, ten minutes. Five, ten minutes. Play ten. We're going to have you line up. And we'll do pictures and and stuff and all that shit. Uh, Yeah, but we appreciate the fuck out of it. Come take a picture, say what's up. We appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, hey there, everybody. It's Gareth, you know, from this... uh, this podcast. Uh, listen, I've got some stand-up shows. I'm inviting the Garmy, the Gareth Army, to join me for. I will be in Fort Collins, Colorado, August 18th and August 19th. I will be in Minneapolis, Minnesota, August 24th through August 26th at Acme. I will be going to the UK in September. Please join me. I will be in Glasgow, September 13th, London, September 15th, Dublin, September 17th, and September 19th, Manchester, Birmingham, September 20th, Bristol, September 22nd, and Cardiff, September 24th. And then in November, I'll be in Australia. November 10th, almost sold out, I think. I'll be in Melbourne, Australia. Then I will be in Northbridge, Australia on November 15th, Adelaide, November 16th, Canberra, November 17th, Brisbane, November 18th, and then I will be in uh, Sydney on November 24th. Go to GarethReynolds.com for tickets. Garmy, let's get at it after it. Let's see you there. Hey there, people listening to The Dollop. Uh, this is Gareth. Yes, this same guy. I Listen, I have a new podcast called We're Here to Help that I'm doing with my friend Jake Johnson. It's basically a call and advice show where we don't say that we're professionals because we aren't, but we try to help people with problems that are important to them. You can listen to it wherever you listen to podcasts, and it is out right now. So go listen to We're Here to Help with Jake and Gareth. We're here to help with Gareth and Jake. I don't remember how we did it, but either way, 
fun. Half Hour comes out Tuesday, August 22nd, and the episodes will be out every Tuesday and Friday. We're here to help. 